With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Uh, welcome to episode 123 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Hope you are well. Um, if you've never come across us before, there's plenty of content to get stuck into on our website, fightdisciples.com. We're also on all social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Fight Disciples. Uh, and I mentioned social medias, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My uh, Twitter account at this moment in time, this is my personal one, this is nothing to do with uh, Fight Disciples, seems to be uh, a lovely place where trolls like to go and have a proper bash at anything that I say. At, uh, at the world of uh, boxing. And I think that's where we'll start today's show because there'll be loads of people that are listening to this that saw everything that went on last week and uh, are wondering whether I'm going to talk about it. Listen, I'm not shying away from nothing, mate. I will bring it to the programme. Let me give you the backstory of what happened, all right? And it's kind of nice that we can start with Vladimir Klitschko's retirement, mm-hmm. okay? So Big Vlad bottles AJ Part 2, right? He says, I'm not having any of that. I'm calling it a day. Well done, Vladimir. And I put a little bit of a tweet out, right? Now, the tweet read like this. Fighting bums for 11 years doesn't make you a great. However, one thing that we can all agree on on Vladimir Klitschko is that he is a true gentleman. See, see I never got past the first bit. You, I was I was furious from the, the first bit of your You were furious. The bloody world was furious. <laughs> now, maybe whilst I was tweeting, as I've, as I've learned... Listen... Get your get your real information up top. It's journalist one hundred and one. Get your info in there early. Well, don't cloud the situation. People aren't gonna. People haven't got time, Adam, to read your eighty characters. They haven't got time for forty. Remember that. In and out. Yeah. In and out. So basically, my my thought, what was happening in my head, and what went through my fingers to the phone, might have been um, misunderstood. Let's say, and I'm finding this out with the amount. I mean, I'm still getting tweets now. Right, still getting tweets now with people maybe taking it slightly out of context yep. and just abusing me. Yep. I'm refusing to block anybody. I'm not Paul Smith. I'm not going to do any of that nonsense. All right, you're entitled to your opinion, but let me just give you my thoughts of where my head was at when I was writing this down, Nick. All right, okay. because even you've abused me, right? Even you. I couldn't just get involved. So, so what happened was <clears throat> eleven years of boring rain. That's what was going on in my head. That was in the back of my head. And I was thinking, how can I word that with 140 characters? Now, all these people came out the woodwork and were going crazy about Big Vlad, right? They were saying, oh, what a fantastic champion. He's amazing for boxing. I saw a tweet from Dan Raphael saying, if if other boxers maybe operated in the same way that Big Vlad, it, boxing would be in a better place. No, it wouldn't. Boxing would be boring. Nobody would watch boxing. Nobody would interact with boring. All right? Nobody yeah. would do that. Now, as yeah. I said, in the last part Most of what I've said... Most of these are I've the said, same fans that probably haven't watched the Klitschko fight in years. Right. So the last bit of what I've said is a gen- Yeah, I stand by that. He is a gentleman. He's an ambassador of the sport. He's the yeah. type of guy that I want to be your dad. Isn't mm-hmm. it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the type of guy that you want. Yeah. The first part of what I said, fighting bums. Now, okay, maybe I've gone a little bit OTT there because people interpreted that as me thinking 
that Klitschko was dodging people. I never said that. I never said that Klitschko was dodging anybody. I just said that he was fighting buns, substandard operators in the heavyweight division, of which bored me to death for 11 years. Mm -hmm. And because he did that, that maybe gives you a padded record, a misconception of what really was going on in that period of time, because people love to chuck stats at me, Nick. They love stats. Do you know all these clowns that like to look at box rec and tell me who won a fight off the back of box rec? It's not just boxing, it's sports in general. People Mm -hmm. say, oh, well, he had 60% possession. Yeah, but they did fuck all with possession in football, mate. Let me tell you, all right? I like to watch sport with my eyes, and I like to make my own assessments. Yeah. The amount of times that I've sat down going, right, this is the heavyweight champion of the world, is it? Right, let's sit down and watch it. See how good he is, yeah. And falling asleep during the fight, watching him jab the head off a doorman, right? I'm not interested. My opinion is, for 11 years, Vladimir Klitschko, even though he's a top gentleman, sound guy, ambassador for the sport, bored the living daylights out of boxing. That was what I was trying to say. Yeah. So then I get abuse from all man and sundry, mainly because, right, a lot of this abuse is coming from another podcast, Nick. Let me just point this out, because I, right. I, I just need to put this down there, right? So basically, a couple of weeks ago, I got into an argument with... Let's, let's not name the other podcast, No, I'm that's not gonna, probably what he wants. No, well, I don't even know the name of the other podcast, right? Mm. I got in an argument with a geezer who makes another podcast, okay? A fight podcast. The yeah, it's a fight, yeah, it's a fight podcast, and I yeah, got yeah. into a bit of an argument going back and forth, and they're the type of podcast that likes to use the word casual as a derogatory term, nice. all right? And that's yeah, what yeah. they were throwing back towards me, saying yeah. that you don't know nothing. I was like, all right, cool, man. Just, Entitled to your opinion? My Can opinion's my opinion, all right? But these type of characters, right, that make these type of shows, and these guys that class themselves as hardcore boxing fans are the type of people that believe that they own the sport, mm-hmm. and therefore, if anybody disagrees with what they say, that means they're a casual fan and they know nothing, right? So I got into an argument a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, I chucked this up, and then they starts retweeting, and they starts giving it the big, and look at this clown here, look what he said about Big Vlad, and it starts to go a little bit viral, and I'm getting a bit of messages back, and I'm responding to those that are being respectful towards me. I'm not blocking anybody. I'm being yep. cool about it. Even Big Curtis Woodhouse got involved, didn't he? Telling me to stop reporting on boxing because I know nothing. We had a back and forth to me and Curtis, and he concluded, after this back and forth, that my um, use of the word great might have um, confused a few people. Now, when I use the word great, I'm automatically in my head thinking top 10, right? That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking top 10 of all time. That's what I'm thinking. And, okay, as I sit down and the dust settles and I think about it, you could, and there is an argument, for Vladimir Klitschko to be classed as a great. And I'm sure you're going to give it to me in a minute, right? Yeah. Does he get into my all-time heavyweight top 10? He might scrape it. And he might scrape it purely because of stats. Yeah. Most amount of title fights. Second most amount of title defences. All these stats that people keep chucking at me. I know the stats. I watch boxing with my eyes. I don't look at a computer to tell me who the best is. That's where I was coming from. Mm -hmm. That's all I want to say. He doesn't hold a torch to the likes of Ali, Mm -hmm. to the likes of Lennox Lewis, to the likes of even Tyson, who failed at the majority of his top, top fights. Even the characters like that. Because I, as a sports fan, want to watch sport purely from an entertainment point of view. Vladimir Klitschko didn't entertain me. He's entertained me in one fight, and he got beat in that fight. That is all I want to say on the matter. Now, I'm going to sit back, and I'm going to let my mate abuse me, because that's what he loves to do. Go on. Uh, I just think you hate boxing, as I tweeted (laughs) at the time. I think you need to just get off your fucking, get out of your ivory tower, pay some respect to where it's due, to Vladimir Klitschko, Mm. the greatest heavyweight this planet has ever seen. 
Sit down. <laughs> no, I think, you know, listen, a lot of what you just said there, let me just rattle off. I think you're right. I think if you call someone a great, yeah, they've got to be top. You saying Bolt, the greatest of all time. Greatest Great. of all time. Do you know what I mean? Have you seen that stat about Bolt, by the way? Uh, I've seen it, yeah. yeah. He's the, the top, only one. Well, out of the 30 uh, top... Um, ta- fastest times in history. Fastest times in history. The thir- the top 30, mm-hmm. only nine have been done by somebody that hasn't been popped by drugs. And, it's the and same all color. nine are Usain Bolt. Yeah, That's exactly. amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's phenomenal. And it's phenomenal. That, there you go. That's a great. Yeah, yeah. There's a great. We yeah. can agree on that. He is a great. Okay, let me just quickly go. Ali. Yeah. Joe Lewis. Yeah. Joe Frazier. Yeah. Mike Tyson. Yeah. George Foreman. Uh-huh. Rocky Marciano. Uh, Van der Holyfield, Lennox Lewis, uh, Jack Dempsey, uh, Larry Holmes. There you go. So you're just spitballing now? There's 10. Is Kl- does Klitschko get in? Did, did, was Klitschko better than any of them? There you go. In your in your top? top like, no. Literally top me head? No. Is Klitschko better than any of them no. 10? No. No. His stats may something, something, but you know what stats told us? Stats told us fucking Jeff Horn lost the first round against Pacquiao Thank last you week. very much. Thank you very much. Stats are shite. Don't worry about stats. I don't. Nicholas, I don't worry about stats. <laughs> Evidently not. I exactly. watch boxing with my eyes. I wish more people watch boxing yeah, with their eyes exactly. rather than going, think, <clears throat> well, he's thrown a 500 punches in a minute. He must yeah. have won that round. Listen, yeah, but they fucking hit fresh air. A lot of those, you know, a lot of the boxing fans who... who who I think who've jumped on the who've jumped on the bandwagon and go how, how can you not call him an all time great? That's all they're looking at, you know. Ask them who who Klitschko for four fights ago. Ask them who Klitschko for that, you know. Right then, they it, won't know. All right then, they won't know. Klitschko, right? You we, we, between us, between me and you now, right? We have probably got the best part of thirty years' experience broadcasting, writing, all that type of stuff. Okay, yeah. no, that's not blowing her on trumpet. I'm just get, trying to give a bit of a background of where we're at, where we're coming from with this. Yeah. Name. Give me, give, give me. Vladimir Klitschko's highlight fights. Joshua. Go on. Anthony Joshua, categorically. Uh, Christ. There's one that sticks out. David Day, you know, the right. David Day decision. But was that uh, a standout fight? No. David, this not. is a, everybody who's throwing this at me. Oh, what about when he beat a prime David Hay? Yeah. A prime David Hay? David Hay's a cruiserweight. Get it. Stop it. Stop yeah, being yeah. a bell end, right? Yeah. David Hay is a cruiserweight who, don't get me wrong, went up and achieved a fantastic thing to become a heavyweight champion. He was never going to be the unified heavyweight champion mm-hmm. because he's too small to be able to do that. He fought a guy that's absolutely massive. Yeah. And that's what Klitschko did for the majority of his career. He, he beat dudes up that were smaller than him. Fair play. There's other, there's one other. Pulev sticks out. You can't have a go at him for his genetics. No, and I'm not having a go at him for the era that he lived in. This is not his fault. I'm not having a go at him. Yeah, yeah. All I am saying is that... To become a great, he had to transcend the, the fact that he was in an era of when heavyweight boxing was been quite weak. And it remains quite weak right now, I've got to be honest with you. There's three or four guys out there, but it remains weak this is compared to 70s and 80s heavyweight This is another thing. People going, yeah, but it, what, uh, it, you, what this is the type of character that tells me that AJ is the greatest of all time. No, it ain't. Because at this moment in time, the heavyweight division, I don't know how good it is. We don't know how good it is. No. Nobody does. There's a lot of average at this moment in time. Don't get me wrong. Lot, yeah. We've just seen one of the greatest fights of all time AJ versus Klitschko. It was a belt. It was absolutely fantastic, right? Yeah. Put that away now. 
Let's see what AJ does next. If he goes and absolutely mows down Pulev, if he goes and mows down Ortiz, if he goes and play uh, as a fantastic turret with Wilder, and then Wilder goes and fights one of the other two that I've just mentioned and mows them down, then we can start to find out where these guys are at level-wise. Yeah. We don't know right now because they've not been in and started tagging each other. We've only seen one fight where they've all where they've gone toe to toe. Yeah, the talent pool is weak. That's we, the problem. Exactly, the talent pool is weak, and that's you know you can't blame Klitschko for that. But unfortunately, that will affect Klitschko's standard, and also the fact that Klitschko brothers took took the greatest prize in sports, in my opinion, took it away from the bright lights and the pay-per-view and the, and the immediate attention of America, and they took it out to Eastern Europe. And at the same time, America lost all its funding in its amateur boxing program. Therefore, there was no platform for big athletic college athletes to move into boxing and pursue it because there was no funding there mm. to even go to an Olympic Games, which is why the Team USA are so poorly performing at the Olympics right now because there's just no money there for them. So And they all chose different sports. They go, the big black athletes, let's be honest, the big black athletes in America now go, boxing, are you fucking kidding me? I'm going to go to the NFL, man. I'm going to go to the NFL or the NBA and make serious moolah. That's where the money is. Yeah, There's no money in boxing. The only money in boxing is for someone called Floyd Mayweather. The only money in boxing is for these freak show big fights. Look at Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder's not a pay-per-view star. He's few and far between. You look at the athletes that are in the NFL and the NBA making millions and millions of dollars mm. to be in a team sport. And that's where boxing suffered. That's where the great heavyweight era is. It's playing fucking basketball or playing, you know, in the scrummage or whatever it's called in fucking in the NFL, in American football. Mm. That's where this, this era's great heavyweights are. Mm. Unfortunately, we'll never ever gauge how great Klitschko was in the grand scheme of things because he didn't live in an era that stood up to it. Muhammad Ali is great because of the entire career, not just the wins, the losses, the manner, the way he came back. Who we fought. You know, the, 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 the legends that were around him. That's why so many of those 10 names that are rattled off the top of my head, so many of them were of the same era because they, and it wasn't just, it was the Ali era, then we had the Tyson era, you know, with Lennox and Holyfield yeah. and you know what I mean? It, they, they, they were great eras for heavyweight boxing. The noughties going into the tens have not been a great era for heavyweight boxing. Is that going to change moving forward? We don't know. Anthony Joshua, I think, is going to make that much money and be that big a star that American college athletes will see that and go, okay, I want to chase that. NFL, super, mm. you know, I'm going to go this route. But what we could have with Anthony Joshua is a very similar mirroring of a Klitschko, Klitschko. career. Mm -hmm. That's what we could have. The only difference we've got right now with Anthony Joshua in terms of what he's doing and what Klitschko is doing is Anthony Joshua only knows one way to win a fight, and that's by finishing people. Yeah. Will he mature? Will he go for more points decisions? Will he start getting on his jab and do what the Klitschko did later in his career? Potentially. Because it's a safer way to fight, and you you know you, you add a bit of longevity to your career. You know, Klitschko um, used to be a knockout merchant, but then Cody Sanders knocked him the fuck out. Yeah, and from then he went, "What? Oh, why am I doing this?" You know, Emmanuel Stewart got in the corner and went, "Listen, son, you're seven foot. Yeah, use your jab, butter people up for ten for ten rounds, and then maybe go for the finish at the end." And that's why we've had this era. I think it's only because at the end, Anthony Joshua only knows one way to fight that we got this absolute gun show. In London, like, that is not the fight we thought Klitschko wanted. That's why it was such a great fight and arguably the greatest fight of Klitschko's career because Klitschko came in for a bit of a gun show with Anthony Joshua. Yeah, yeah. That's what made it amazing. Absolutely. So just to clarify, I'm not having a go at Klitschko. It's not his fault you when hate he boxing, was. Just to clarify, Adam hates 
boxing. I'm not having a go at Klitschko just yeah, because of yeah, the time that yeah. he was born and what he's done. You, and he will is, be in the Hall of Fame. All this is bullshit because you're wearing a Dana White UFC t-shirt. Shush. Right? <laughs> he will be in the Hall of Fame by proxy because the stats don't lie and people will argue these stats all day long. Yeah. But off my eyes, from what I've seen over that period of time, he bored the shit out of me. And I'm going to back this up even further, right? Because he wasn't the only fighter to retire last week, was he? No, no. He was one of three. Right. What a week. Four. Because Guerrero's come out over the weekend. Oh, right. Okay, and he's yeah. now. Robert Guerrero has mm-hmm. also... Um, well, I'm going to leave him. I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah. not interested in him. No. Uh, so you've got Timothy Bradley. He's retired. Yeah. Juan Manuel Marquez. Now, you've got a good question here. And this is what you flicked to me um, with ideas for the show this week. Who, out of the four, including Klitschko, has left the greater legacy? Mm-hmm. Both of us, categorically, absolutely no question, came up with the same answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Timothy Bradley. <laughs> Listen, t- before we before we skate over it though, Timothy Bradley is a five-time world champion. Of course, he is two different weight divisions. Yeah, sounds- that won't surprise me because he's only in his thirties. He's only thirty-three. Mm. So, uh, well, I was watching the Lomachenko fight and I was like, "Has he? Has he just quit? Yeah, has he just quit live on here?" Mate, fuck he's getting weighed in with his new commentary job. Yeah, that's what it is. Well, that's what I mean. He's, he's, he's obviously- if you could get paid nearly nearly as much for fighting than not fighting, you'd do it, wouldn't you? Just a bit. There you go. Just a bit. Well, the answer that we came up with was obviously the Mexican. And the reason why we came up with Juan Manuel Marquez as uh, the one that leaved the greater legacy, and this is what I'm trying to point out regarding Klitschko, right? Look at his fights that he took at all different weight categories, right? Featherweight champion, super featherweight champion, lightweight champion, super lightweight champion of the world, challenge for the welterweight belt, came up uh, uh, twice short. Once against Timothy Bradley, randomly enough. Uh, but he fought Pacquiao. He's been in there with the absolute best of the best. Mm-hmm. Some of the fights with Marco Antonio Barrera mm-hmm. will go down as the greatest fights of all time. When we sit here and say, right, name uh, Klitschko's greatest fights of all time, everybody's going to go Joshua, a fight that he lost, mm-hmm. and then you're scratching your head. You're thinking, oh, I don't know, which one next? I don't know. Yeah. You sit here with Marquez and you're thinking, oh, shit, which one do I leave out? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that is where Pacquiao. I'm at. Pacquiao, man. Come on. When he knocked out Pacquiao. Come on. One of the greatest knockouts of all time. So you're thinking to yourself, well, yeah, yeah, that's a legacy for me. Of course he's one of the greatest of all time. Of course he is. That's not even an argument. And that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm comparing it to when I'm making tweets like that. When you're abusing me, right, that's what I'm thinking and comparing it to. Agreed? I I completely agree, obviously. You know, Marquez being a five-weight world champion, that's obviously something that we can't... Four. Four Five-weight five world he, champion. He lost. Yeah, 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 yeah Against yeah. welterweight, he yeah, lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously, that's that's a comparison we can't draw with Klitschko, obviously, for genetic reasons. Why not? Go down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cut a leg off. What the fuck's wrong with What's you? What's up with you, man? I'm trying to prove something. Um, but you're right, you know, the fact that, you know... I don't want to brush over the fact that Klitschko has had an incredible, incredible career. He completely dominated the sport for for a decade. But, you know, the fact that he's been a world champion since 2017, you know, 16 years he was a world champion. 15 years till he, till he bought Tyson Fury. Two sorry. spells, didn't he? He got yeah, beaten yeah. Then, and then came champion again. Bounced yeah. straight back, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, he's been the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world for with the Ring magazine and everything. That was since... Have a quick look now. Two thousand and nine, when he beat Chagiev, that was for the lineal. That was for every belt in the book. Uh, but that's the problem. You see, it's like Chagiev, Eddie Chambers, Tony Thompson, you know, Mormek, another blown up cruiserweight, uh, Alex Lapai. You know, it's like 
it, it's not great, is it? And then you know that's that, that that's reading the, the the greatest hits of Klitschko, if you like. And then you look at Marquez, and you're like, wow, well, there's Hall of Fame. That's Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's Hall of Fame. You know? Okay, there's an argument that it's a bit easy for him because he can go through weight categories. Yeah, and, of course. And you're talking about weight divisions that in the 90s, noughties, and even now in the 10s, have been saturated by talent. Exactly. So he's in an incredible But that's the argument that we're making. Pool. That's what the argument we're making. It's not Klitschko's fault that he isn't in that talent pool, but don't then all of a sudden put him in with all these other people that exactly. were fortunate enough to be in those type of talent films. Yes, it's not his fo- it's fault. Absolutely. But judge it off your eyes. Don't judge it off something that you've read on box or whatever. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. I apologise uh, to Nick for obviously starting the show off uh, with it all being about me and the abuse that I get on social media. Um, now I'll shut up and just let him crack on talking about the Charlie Chaplin show at the weekend because Lomachenko put on one of the most great and bizarre performances that I think I've ever seen in the boxing ring. It was like, it was, do you know like when someone wins a competition and you get to go and, I don't know, have a kick about uh, with some professional footballers or you get... You've, you've won something in order to go and experience something in real life. That's what it was like. It was like Mariaga had won a ticket to go and fight one of the best. And he was, in a way, putting on a little bit of a show for the cameras. It wasn't. It, it didn't feel like a boxing match when he's beckoning him in, knocking him down, standing in the corner, doing the Charlie Chaplin in a way, wasn't it? Like using him... Using him as a bit of a rag doll. To be fair, for Mariaga, it was a little bit embarrassing. Yeah, and but that's what he does, isn't it? That's what he did to Nicholas Walters as well. You know, that's why Nicholas Walters quit as well. That's why Mariaga's team pulled him out because he was just being, he was being embarrassed. Yeah, he was being embarrassed. And this is a guy that's a, you know, he's fought for a couple of world titles. You know, he, this is top end stuff. These are the best contenders that are out there that are willing to fight him. Now, I know Mariaga was stepping up a weight division. He's a natural. He was a natural featherweight coming up, but that's because no super feather will fight him. There's no super featherweights or not many lightweights out there that'll fight Lomachenko either because he's the greatest natural talent of this generation. I'm going beyond now saying he's the best pound for pound fight in the year of the in in the sport right now, which I've been saying for at least eighteen months, if not two years. I'll now go as far as to say this is the best natural talent of this generation, and the way people are talking, it could be the best natural talent the sports scene. Potentially Do forever. It. No, don't put potentially in there because you wanted to say forever. Well, be, well, a lot of the American, you know, Fox Sports and ESPN, which obviously covered the fight at the weekend, a lot of them on Monday are like, this this guy's the next Muhammad Ali. They're comparing them to the greatest of all time. They're saying, this guy is the best we've seen since Muhammad Ali. Right. So with that in mind, we both agree on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you more so. Um, but with that and what we started the show off talking about, this now all comes down to who he fights. Yes. This is nothing to do with how good the kid is. Klitschko, fantastic technician. Yep. Awesome technician. Can't take it away. The jab was amazing. And he did have knockout power, as he's proven. But if you're not fighting against anybody in particular, it's hard to get excited about him. Yep. This is where Lomachenko is at right at this moment in time. Two-weight world champion. Was that his 11th fight of the weekend? His 10th, 10th 11th fight? 10th. 10th fight, two-weight world champion. We know about his amateur career, 396 wins and one defeat. We know all about that. Forget it now. We know how good the kid is. We know how good he is. Yep. He now has to fight guys that are classed as pound-for-pound best, legacy, Hall of Fame fighters. He now has to fight them, and he can't go back and fight anybody else other than them. Yep. Um, and there's a name that's knocking about, which we're all dead excited about, in Mikey Garcia, who fought at 140 pounds. Yes, please. He wants to come back down to 135. That means Lomachenko has to go up to 135 uh, pounds, and the noises from top rank Bob Arum 
is that they're going to try and do this for November. Yeah, that would be. A, That's the type of fight, though, isn't it? Of course it is. Yeah. Well, you know, Lomachenko himself came out on Sunday and, and was uh, and put a tweet on social media about who he f- should fight next. So, you know, obviously. If he stays where he is, you're looking at really Javonta Davis. I don't want to see that fight. I think Javonta Davis is a, a wonderful young talent, but I think he gets absolutely schooled by Lomachenko. Uh, I would, you know, the, the more I talk about it, I know I said a couple of weeks ago, I don't, I'm don't. i not interested in the Rigondo fight just because Rigondo brings nothing to the table except spoiling the fight. But now now I want to see it. Now I'm like, you know what? Let's see it then. Let's see Rigondo fight the other the other greatest Olympian of all, the, the, the two greatest Olympic boxers, arguably, of all time, with the best amateur records. Let's bring them together and see what happens. Let's see, you know, we've already heard Lomachenko has said on the matter, I'll fight you, but it's got to be for all, every winner take all, every penny on the table. Mm. Um, that's how I'll fight you. Because he knows Rigondo doesn't sell a ticket. He's not a massive draw. But I think with that fight, they could turn Rigondo into a bit of a big draw. Problem is, Rigondo's such a negative boxer, as we know. This is why no one watches him. Because he he, he he bores his way through fights. And I think he might have the the skills to make a fight with Lomachenko look ugly and look oh, And at this stage in his career, that's not Lom- Lomachenko is now being compared to Muhammad Ali. He wants opponents that are going to fight him. I I think the Mikey Garcia is a great fight. I think Lomachenko's got too much for him. Do you know what? The now the more it gets close, the more I'm thinking about it. And he was he was ringside at the weekend. I think the best fight to make is Terence Crawford at 140. If Terence Crawford if Terence Crawford could come down maybe or they do a bit of a catch weight like a 137, 138 or something like it's that. It's a lot of weight to put on for Lomachenko to get up there though, isn't it? But that's the fight. I think that's the fight now. Again, I'm kicking myself. Well, I'm not kicking myself, but what the fuck are Team Linares doing fighting uh, Luke Campbell in LA? Like, why have they took that fight? Because Linares, Mikey Garcia, Lomachenko, Lomachenko coming up. You know, Terence Crawford just above them as well. There's some amazing fights. It just, it baffles me why he's fighting Luke Campbell in Los Angeles. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. He fights Luke Campbell and then the week later, Garcia starches Adrian Broner and is like, I'm going back to lightweight, who's around? Linares should be in that super fight. Yeah. My guy Lomachenko should be in the mix with that super fight. And Terence Crawford should be sitting ringside again going, come on, boys, winner comes up to me. They're super fights. They're the biggest fights in boxing right now. Amazing. Lomachenko the weekend. You know, I ain't going to say I told you so because everyone knows what a huge fan of Lomachenko I am. But I think what what he does now is... He's entertaining as well. He gets it. He's understanding the the show. He's levels above people. He gets that. I am levels above you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a show on for the fans. I'm going to put you down with a long left hand. You're going to go down hard. I'm going to back to a neutral corner. When the referee says start, I'm going to wave you into my... Ne- I'm going to give you a shot. Come on, come and get me. I'm going to stay in this neutral corner. So I'm, I'm pinned now. This is, what you, this is what everyone says you need to do to me. Pin me in a corner and unload. I'm going to stand in the corner for you. Come on, son. And he kept waving him in. <laughs> Didn't he? And it was just like, you felt a little bit sorry because you're like, oh, don't man, go, don't go, don't to the go there. Don't go in the den. Don't, don't go in there. There's know? a monster in there. Exactly. Don't go in. But what are you supposed to do? The, the problem is, and they picked up at the weekend, and this is something we talked about last week is, it goes back to that old story. We won't reiterate it again about his dad putting him in dance classes and everything. His footwork is fucking remarkable. It's crazy. Remarkable. He never puts a foot wrong. He cuts down the ring. The ring, when you're in with Lomachenko, must feel like a telephone box. You know, for, for anyone of a certain age that doesn't know what one of them is, it used to be where mobile phones, <laughs> mobile phones were like static and they were in the streets in like a little red box and you, they were about, you know, four foot by four foot or whatever. Anyway, uh, like a lift. Let's just say lift then. So that's what he does. His footwear creates that. So you can't breathe. 
you can't get a chance to go, oh, where is he? Oh, where's my jab? Where am I? You know, where the fuck's mm. the next shot coming from? You don't, because his footwork is amazing. And he's and he's in your face. He's clinical. Like, Teddy Atlas mentioned at the weekend, and picked, um, you know, Teddy Atlas rents a quote a little bit, but he picked on it perfectly. He was like, he doesn't waste anything. He's always in your face. He doesn't leave punching range. And that's what most, even the best boxers, uh, Floyd does that. Floyd leaves the punching range and then engages back in and uses reflexes and his slips to get you on there but then he'll leave again and you get a chance to go oh, okay where the fuck's he gone now okay he's here now okay I'm going to go forward Lomachenko doesn't leave punching range he's always there so wherever you are in the ring you think fuck he's hit me with three I'm against the ropes I'm going to look up with you now okay he's right back on me now he's throwing a body shot okay I'm going to I'm going to dance over to the, my left hand side where is he now oh shit he's on my left hand side he's cut the ring off already that's what makes him so phenomenal. His fight IQ, and I mentioned that last week, is intelligence in the ring. He doesn't waste anything. But all them little shots, like them little tip-tap shots where you think, he's not doing anything there, but he's just letting them know, I'm still here. I'm, I'm right here on top I'm of I'm waiting for you to move so I can whack You're backpedaling. You're backpedaling. But I'm letting you know there's a body shot, there's a head. And not, there's not much power there. But as a... If you're on the defensive and the, it's just constant shots, you think, Where the f- how many fucking Lomachenkos are in here with me? <laughs> and then as soon as you kind of go, okay, he's just tip-tapping, so I'll, I'm going to counter with the right. Fucking hell, he hit you with like six lefts. That, that's the beauty of Lomachenko, and that's why, you know, I would even say Terence Crawford, for me, the super fight to Terence Crawford now. I think Lonares is amazing. I think Mikey Garcia is amazing. I think he beats them both. I think Terence Crawford, because of the size and the fact that, I'll be honest, I think Terence Crawford's magic as well. You know I've, I'm a massive fan of Terence Crawford. They're my, my top guys. I, that's the super fight for me now because both it's of them are on the weight, same though, level. It? It's a lot it of is, weight. It's a Especially te- when he's already come up in weight. It means it's a, a good lot 10 to go. pounds. It's a yeah, good yeah. 10 pounds, you know. But I can't see anyone beating Terence Crawford up there. You know, the gun show he, and Yeah, for him, he amazing. has to go up to 147 to get a real challenge. Well, that's what I mean. So he can come back down. Just like Ricky Burns with the with the fight with Crawler, which was announced this week. Yeah. Ricky Burns is coming back down to lightweight. Probably Ricky Burns' proper weight. I'd argue the same thing with Terence Crawford. He's a lightweight, really. He's, he's, he's obviously a world champion now. He's about to become undisputed super lightweight champion. But I think a fight with Lomachenko, he could come down and Lomachenko would go up and obviously both top rank. Easy fight to make, but that's a super fight. That could be the Canelo Triple G of 2018. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now, from the absolutely sublime to the absolutely surreal, welcome to At Home with the Kardashians. What? What the fuck was that all about? Uh, you know what? I was convinced. You said he was hacked. He's got convinced. to be hacked. He's got to have been hacked. And then as soon as Mrs. was chipping in, I thought, okay, him and his missus are out having a meal. They've left their, ta- their their phones on the table or they've left it in the back of the car and some fucker's got both phones and is having a field day with them having banter. And then suddenly I'm here post that video. Yeah. Go, no, no, this shit's legit. I'm, I'm legit. What? Like, what? But then the main man, AJ, broke the internet with his response, didn't he? Absolutely broke the internet. Mate. Mate. <laughs> Obviously, we, we plan to talk about this on the show now, right? I've thought about it since it happened, because this was at the back end of last week, and I've thought about it, and I've thought about ways that we will go about speaking about it, but the more I think about it, the more I can't get my head around it. Yeah. It is absolutely batshit crazy. I just... Give, give us the background in case anyone's fell off a planet and doesn't know what's got. Tell us what te- you let us know. Right. Bring us back up to speed, and then I'll give you my two pence if you like. Right. So basically, I think it's been quite well documented that um, the I wouldn't say troubles, but it's they're always in the the press at the moment, aren't they? The the uh, the cons, 
Mr. and Mrs. Khan, that's Amir and his Mrs. Farial, right? They're always in there, mainly because Have you of... noticed it was perfectly timed with the end of Love Island as well? Just by the way. <laughs> They're at the new so reality Love show. Island yeah, finished, yeah. then it's begun. So these two are always in the press at the moment, mainly because there are arguments between um, Amir's family and Farial because she's more westernised uh, than they would have liked. That's been the rumour. That's been the rumour. I don't know how true that Amir's is. is from Bolton, for fuck's sake. I don't know how true that is, but she's more westernised than, obviously, a traditional Pakistani uh, family, right? So there, there's been tensions there for quite some time. Anyway, this has been going back and forth. Amir, um, they've been on fucking This Morning with Eamon and Ruth, for crying out loud. That's a show in the UK, by the way, which is like Good Morning USA or whatever it may be. It's batshit crazy. It's like reality. It's not even boxing stuff. It's like reality TV type thing, right? So they've been doing this for about a year, 18 months. So when this, and this has happened before, he has been hacked before. Um, he's had his um, Twitter account hacked before. So automatically you would think at the weekend when these tweets start to arise where he's saying um, stuff like, um, me and Fariel have decided to split. We are now uh, getting divorced. We're separated. I'm in Dubai and all this type of stuff. She's been at it with another boxer. Then he tags Anthony Joshua in. <laughs> and I went, fuck, that's a, that's a hack, right? There's absolutely <laughs> no way that that is legit. And then... And me, the account even said something like, man's like AJ can have my leftovers or something like that. Just the way it was worded, I thought to myself, someone's taking the piss here. And then to see the video afterwards where Amir Khan comes on and says, no, 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 legit. I put everything up there. All good. <sighs> Don't hurt. Why are you wearing your dirty washing like that on your on your Twitter? Just deal deal with the situation. Plus, this is a, this is my first thought as well regarding the whole situation. When you see the video and it's real, I think to myself, if my missus had been shagging someone else, right, I'd be thinking to myself, I'm pissed off, right? We're gonna get we're we're, we're gonna get some retribution. Then you find out that it's AJ. <laughs> if I walked in and my missus, if AJ was shagging my missus, right, I'd go, do you want a brew? Do you want me to go get your biscuit? <laughs> I, I would not say shit, man. I'd just go, yeah, all right. <laughs> wouldn't you? What the fuck can you do? You certainly wouldn't know it, it, it in public, would you? No, you wouldn't. It's insane and uh, completely bizarre. And as I say, it was a, for me, Anthony Joshua's comeback by just playing the clip of Shaggy. Yeah. It wasn't me. Yeah, yeah. Was just fucking absolutely legendary. And you know, when I when I seen that video and, I, and it was obviously coming off Amir Khan and I was just chuckling to myself watching the video back, I was thinking, I hope it was him, just because like it just crowned the video even more. Wasn't me. It clearly <laughs> it fucking was, you dog. Regarding regarding But AJ was like, I've never even met you or your wife. So where's that come from? How can <sighs> that see? But he looked at I mean, uh, you know, <clears throat> was saying that he split from his wife because she was w- too westernised. Hmm. Yeah, Amir is then later that day putting pictures all over social media, drinking in clubs, out partying with Instagram stars, all this kind of stuff. And you think, okay, well, you know, the fuck is going on here? And he's like, I'm partying before I go back to San Francisco to get back into camp. I don't know. It, it, it's all kind of weird, and you've got to feel for the family really. Yeah. And they got a kid as well. Yeah, they got a kid now. Yeah, so that that's nice for the kid to you know when it's sixteen to look back and go, oh, that was nice, mum and dad in they fucking you know put it all out there like. Yeah, but at least the stepdad will be fucking uh, heavyweight <laughs> champion of the world. <laughs> but she got me on the counter. Wasn't me. kissing on the sofa. Wasn't me. I even had her in the shower. Wasn't me. She even caught me on camera. Wasn't me. She saw the marks on my shoulder. Wasn't me. Heard the words that I told her. Wasn't me. Heard the screams getting louder. Wasn't me. She stayed until it 
You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. And just as when you thought that it couldn't even get any more batshit crazy with fight sports, Paulie Malinaji decides to err uh, his dirty washing regarding the uh, Conor McGregor camp he has now walked out of. Listen, if you're going to make a deal with the devil, Paulie, expect to get pricked by his horn at some mm-hmm. point. What did you think that you were going to get involved with? Mm-hmm. All right, you're entering a reality TV show. Yep. They own you, my friend. You can't complain in two weeks later just because they've shown you in the nude. That's the way it is. Exactly. He owns the shit. If he wants to portray that he's beat you up and give you a good idea, that's what you've signed up for. I'm guessing you were getting paid for your sparring. I'm, of course he was. I'm guessing you weren't doing it for nothing. Fucking right he was. That's the deal, mate. You've got to play along with the narrative. Yeah. At the end of the day, whether it's true or whether it's false, the narrative that Conor McGregor's been spouting on his social media sells tickets. Mm-hmm. That is what he is doing. Mm-hmm. The, event, the event itself hasn't sold out. Mm-hmm. Triple G and Canelo was sold out three weeks later. Tickets yeah. in the venue, this is. So it should. <laughs> Absolutely. This has not sold out, mainly because it's overpriced and people think it's a bit of a farce. Yeah. So what is Connor to do? Floyd's doing his thing, trying to flog the fight. Yeah. This is how Connor goes about uh, flogging the fight. You've just got to be the butt of the joke if you've signed up for it, my friend. What did you expect? Exactly. Shall I give you my take on it? You have a, a conspiracy theory that this is all a narrative, don't Set you? Set up. The whole thing is set up. Go on. I think Malinaji's been brought into that camp. Listen, why would you why would you bring Malinaji in as a boxing knowing he's got a profile, knowing he does commentary in America, knowing he's doing the commentary for the showtime build up and everything else, and he's he's in the side of boxing and Brendan Sharp's in the side of MMA and you know they're they're kind of building the whole story together. Why would you sign that guy up in particular? Because he's for he, sparring. Well, he shouted his mouth off and said that when Conor every, McGregor was shit. When there's all these pro boxers available, all these fighters, all these Irish fighters who would fucking put their lives on the line for Connor and would work twice as hard in the gym and could he could argue could perform more like Floyd Mayweather. There's, there's people in their prime that are going to be able to behave and move and punch and, and act like Floyd Mayweather more than Paulie Malinaji. So why bring in Malinaji? Because there's a story to it. Because there's a role to play for Malinaji further down the line. And I wish I'd said this when he first signed up now because I'm kicking myself because it's all playing out for real. Malinaji comes out. They release a picture of Malinaji lying on the floor. Malinaji says, oh, it wasn't a knockdown. It was a push. Wait until you see the actual video footage. Now we're being told there is no actual video footage. It's, it's a, it, listen, what it's got is it's got the world talking about something while they're just grafting. There's no press conference now. We've all, we've, the, the, the press talk, the, sorry, the fan rally has been dissected and <laughs> ripped apart. There's nothing left to talk about. So we need to start generating headlines again. A couple of days ago, last week, back end of last week, it was the gloves. Oh, Floyd saying, you can wear eight ounce gloves. Oh, let's wear eight ounce gloves. Nevada, no, 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 you can't wear eight ounce gloves. It's 10 ounce gloves because of the weight class. You know that. 157, 10 ounce gloves. But we're all talking about it again. We need a story for this week now. So at the weekend, it comes out, Malinaji's been knocked down in training. Malinaji says, it's a disgrace, I'm walking out. Now Malinaji's saying he's going to do media all this week. He's already said that uh, Connor whimpers like a little girl when he takes a body shot. And he's already said that there's going to be more revelations this week. He's going to tell all about what Connor's really like. in a. Gi- listen, man. Listen. You've got me. I'm buying it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to be involved in it. You know, I'm involved... Don't sell me bullshit. I can smell it a mile away. This has all been created. This is all put out there. Malinaji is playing the part he's being employed to play, and it keeps us all talking about it and keeps the narrative going. Conor McGregor can take a body shot. Conor McGregor may have put down Malinaji. 
Why wasn't... In this day and age, who takes pictures? You tell me. Who takes pictures? And have you seen the image? It looks like a video screenshot. So it was a video, basically. And they've gone, hey, Paulie, we're thinking about putting this out. And, and then you can... We, we finished what, what we you brought here to do. In fact, what you brought here to do was that. So you go out now. <laughs> you go out now and talk about this fight and sell us and tell us. Yeah, you take Connor. Can't take a body shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't take a body shot. He fights at 170 and he's ripped to bits. Can't take a body shot. Are you fucking kidding me? He gets kicked in the stomach for a living. Can't take a body shot. Come on. Tell me another one. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Should we get back to more serious talk about boxing? This is our boxing show for... Uh, yes, please. For those that are just tuning in for the first time. If this is the first time you've ever tuned in, you can subscribe to us via our website, fightdisciples.com. Loads of content on there, and it's all over our social media as well, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, Big Jeff did the business against Manny Pacquiao in Australia. I'm horny. We're horny, horny, horny. Well, we might be getting horny part two because uh, Manny's come out and he said, listen, I'm, I was thinking of retiring, but I'm not going to think of retiring. I need to write that wrong. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go back down to Brisbane and I'm going to give uh, Jeff one an absolute spanking, which we fully anticipate he will do the second time round. <laughs> um, um, are you surprised that uh, part two is going to get made and are you surprised that they're going to be making this in Australia once again? Um, I am surprised because I just don't see <clears throat> what it does for Manny Pacquiao's legacy. Hmm. I don't know how it moves him forward. Well, what it is, uh, it's even if he goes down there and gets revenge and looks great and, and puts Horn away well, he will. inside six rounds, he will. I, I think he'll win on points by a wide margin. I don't think he'll stop Horn, but I think he goes down there, he gets revenge, he puts the tape. You know, I, I almost said put the record right. Jeff Horn won the first yeah, fight, did. so I'm not saying that. Um, but he, you know, he puts himself back on. What have we done? What what has Manny Pacquiao achieved by this whole? Jeff Horn fight. He's nowhere near it. He ain't got to fight Mayweather. He ain't getting anywhere near it to a super fight. Like, wh- why is his career dragging on? And then we heard that Bob Aaron, the, the uh, promoter, has come out and said it's likely to be November back in Australia. Uh, but right now we're just waiting to see when there's a recess in the Filipino government's uh, exactly. a, a meeting, the Senate, the Senate, when it breaks up for recess so we can time Manny's training. What the fuck, man? Come on, Manny is a politician in the Philippines. Ian's, he's probably got more money in the bank than the Philippines have got in the fucking bank. Do you know what I mean? He's got. Why doesn't he just do that? What's Who's flogging this? Is it Bob Adam who's flogging it? Mm. Is it the fact that ESPN are tied into a deal with Top Rank and part of that deal to go back to terrestrial of TV? It is. It's is Top Rank have gone, well, we'll deliver Manny Pacquiao for so many times a year and we'll deliver Marmachenko and this and this. And they've bought the package. So now is Pacquiao under pressure just to fight to, to protect Top Rank's TV deal, which is starting to feel like it is? Mm. Who the fuck cares if he goes and beats Jeff Horn again? Oh, sorry, if he beats Jeff Horn and gets revenge... Who cares really if he doesn't? His legacy is secured. One of the greatest Southpaws, one of the greatest little boxers of all time. Just just crack on with being president of the Philippines. Like, mm. Make that your mission in life. Mm. Good for us, though, because we might get our uh, trip to Australia off yeah. the back of it. Well, let's, so, uh... let's, let's, in fact, let's push that now, actually. <laughs> let's, let's really go for that. Because November, I'm free, are you free November? We'll figure something out, mate. Free yeah. November, yeah. We were talking about AJ Klitschko, weren't we? But that's off now. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyone in Brisbane. Who fancies having the fight disciples do a live show from the from the from your house from from the house yeah from from the living room or you know um, the outhouse? Um, give us a shout. We're, we're going to come down. We're going to watch Pacquiao versus Jeff Horn. We'll get your tickets sorted as well. You know we're, we're not greedy, and uh, and we'll make a nice uh, we'll make a nice holiday of it. 
<laughs> part of the team horn? That's mainly because all the holidays that we are, have been planning have been falling down. For example, in September, we were going to go to LA to watch Callum Smith beat up uh, Anthony Durrell. However, um, Callum Smith's no longer there because he's in the World Boxing Super Series. We'll enjoy him in Liverpool when he yep. uh, takes on Eric Scoglin. Durrell fights off as well. Well, I was going to say, mm. not even Durrell's now uh, cracking on with uh, September the 9th because Durrell was then... Um, supposed to be fighting David Benavidez. We both said last week David Benavidez will beat him up, so be careful what you wish for. He's obviously heard the show and gone, do you know something, then fight disciples, lads, all right. Uh, I'm pulling out of this. I've got a a mysterious injury. So he's now out of that fight. So check this out, right? Callum Smith, number one in the WBC, was supposed to fight the number two uh, in Anthony Durrell. The number three now, David Benavidez, still is fighting for the world title against the geezer that the majority of people listening to this show will never have heard of. Ronald Gavril. Heard of him? Nah. September the 9th in LA. That is a world title fight for the WBC Super Middleweight Championship of the World. Benavidez will win it. Benavidez is the real deal. We believe that he is the real deal. But that is a farce, man. That belt should be in the World Boxing Super Series. First fight. 100%. Callum Smith was the number one contender yeah. for like two years mm-hmm. waiting for that belt. But because Team Dur- Callum was on a show, he told us, because Team Durrell won purse bids, that made they kept control of the belt. So when, he, when Durrell basically fuck Callum about so the fight didn't happen and Callum Smith went you know what I'm going to go and have three fights in, in, hopefully three fights in, in the Ali Trophy screw this so the control of the belt stuck with the promoter that won the purse bid then they brought in the replacement opponent then Darrell realised shit I'm going to get beat by the replacement opponent I'll pull out why is the belt stayed there no why idea. is the belt still involved here that's ridiculous man Callum Smith's fight against Scotland should be for the WBC super middleweight title well, it's not, my friend. No, no. I know you're. I know you're angry. Yeah. Anyway, September the 9th, it will be Benavidez versus Gavril for the WBC uh, Super Middleweight Championship. Expect that to change probably once again once Gavril realizes that he's going to get his head kicked in as well. So uh, hopefully we can get uh, some clarification on that. Um, speaking of fights that are on, fights that are off. At the start of the show, we did speak about Klitschko's retirement. Klitschko's retirement then puts our uh, plans of going to Las Vegas in November uh, out the window because that's not happening. He's not going to be fighting AJ in part two. So, let's try and work this out, right? AJ obviously has to fight. The rumour is that it will be Pulev, his IBF mandatory, in Cardiff. That's what we're hearing for November, right? Mm -hmm. But the WBA this week have mandated AJ and Big Ortiz. Uh, And then you've got Wilder, the WBC uh, champion, chucking his 10 Ps into uh, the mix as well to try and make a fight. In what order do you think that that will happen? Um, It sounds like the Pulev fight's going to happen. Mm. Uh, I don't think any... rightfully so because he's been waiting for a longer period of time than the others yeah he has yeah but he's probably the, the least name to be honest with you um, I, personally I would love to see the Wilder fight because I, you know I want to see unifications I think Wilder's the biggest name out of those three yeah. Ortiz is obviously the danger man how good is he we don't fucking know Nobody. how, how old is he we no, don't know nobody's got any <laughs> idea how old he is or how good he actually is he may be the bogeyman of the entire division or he may, he may well just be an old man that, uh, that that people are avoiding just in case. Um, so I can't see the Ortiz fight happening anytime soon. There was a reason why Eddie Hearn signed Ortiz a couple of years ago. I know he's not with him now, but that was to keep him away from AJ. I don't think they're in any rush for that fight. But the Pulev fight sounds like that's going to be the one that gets made, and then probably they'll talk about um, the Wilder fight early in the new year. So Pulev and then WBA mandatory in Ortiz, and then maybe Wilder? Well, no, because I don't... No, no, because... Or do you reckon they'll bypass it with a unification? They'll bypass... Because what they'll do is they'll give... The WBA will now sanction Ortiz for the WBA world title. Because if you remember, it's AJ's got the super WBA belt. Yeah. So the WBA... 
normal world title belt. It's actually vacant right now. I keep forgetting there's, a, there's multiple belts in the know, WBA, yeah. so you can just make them up as we go along. Because our mates got stripped, didn't they? And mm. then Shannon the Cannon got busted. And then, you know, everyone that gets associated with that WBA belt in the last 10, 12 months has failed a drug test, basically. So that super belt that AJ's got, I think what they'll do is they'll commit to fighting Pulev next. That'll mean that the WBA will sanction Ortiz to fight for the WBA regular world title belt against 8-2-BC. And Wilder will pick a, another easy defence against someone in the hope that AJ comes through and they can make a fight in February. And I think both of them avoid Ortiz by Ortiz becoming WBA regular champion. There you go. We'll keep our eyes on that. Um, Bell, you here. Virtually dead. That's what we're hearing. We're also hearing that it's not going to be Ward next. So what is next? Uh, for Bellew. We're going to talk about it. Well, we talked about it in great length yesterday, yesterday. on our Radio City talk show. Yeah. Uh, again, again, if you listen to yesterday's Radio Titi, City talk show, we went into Radio detail. Titi. I like Radio that. Titi. Let, let's, uh, <laughs> let's rename the show. That's, that's your Manchester accent coming off on me. That is, but Radio Titi. <laughs> uh, yeah, we talk about it at great length on there, but hopefully, listen, hopefully I, I, I was in touch with Bellew this week. Uh, hopefully this, he's hoping there's going to be some news revealed in the next seven days. So watch this space for Bellew and uh, it could be interesting. There you go. Um, one fight that is being made from a fighter that is based in Manchester at Ricky Atten's gym. Zakiyanov, ZZ Top, we love that fella. He became the WBA champion. He's taking on the IBF champion, Ryan Burnett, a guy that we have absolutely waxed lyrical about on this particular show. Uh, Belfast, first time ever that Belfast has held a unification fight. Wow. History, man. Mm-hmm. Um, that is going to be an absolute beauty. I th- I, if I'm honest... I put my money on Burnett to come through that. I think he's got the skills to pay the bills. Uh, but Zana is like a shit that won't flush. He, right. he will not go anywhere. It will be an absolute cracking fight. And if you uh, haven't got your ticket for that, or if they've not, I don't even know if they've gone on sale yet, but definitely get a ticket for it because it will be a cracker. Uh, and as uh, Nick revealed slightly earlier on in uh, the show, uh, Crawler Burns, Manchester mm-hmm. Arena, October the 7th. Yeah, I, do you know what? I'm just, just on that. Barnett situation against Triple Z as well. Um, the Barnett fight, sorry. It just goes to show what a good promoter and manager can do with a with a kid they handle. Like Barnett, pretty much come from come from nowhere. Uh, it was British champion, of course, but then gets a world title fight against Lee Haskins, beats Lee Haskins uh, with a, with a great performance. But Lee Haskins was injured for most of that fight. Let's not forget. Yeah, Barnett. You know, no no slight on Barnett. Comes a world champion. First fight after that is a unification is a unification for another world title. Yeah, amazing move by by his promoter. Amazing, you know, to bring that together so quickly is phenomenal. Are you praising Eddie Hearn on here? I'm praising Eddie. Listen, Hearn. the hardcore from the other podcast who might be Go listening mad. to us right now, oh, they'll be going crazy shit because uh, fuck uh, about Ed, them. Eddie Hearn's the devil, mate. Yeah, he's, give... he's, no, he's ruined British boxing. Yeah, exactly, That's what yeah, they exactly. say. I don't give a fuck about because them what clowns. he's done, he's made it accessible to everybody else to come and enjoy this sport that we all love, and they don't want exactly. that. Exactly. Oh no, what's this? New fans? Yeah. No, it's just for us. Exactly. Us in our bedroom. I want to watch this in my vest and my pants and not one out. That's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Eddie Hearn saved boxing. Never tasted we told a gum shield in my life. Uh, but just goes to show. No, it's a great move. It's Lee a great Haskins, move. what I'm trying to say, Lee Haskins, IBF world champion for, for a couple of years. You know, he had that belt for a long time. Went everywhere with it. Very often fought away. But managed by, with all due respect, Sanagar's a domestic level operation. They, they never were able to get him that unification fight. Never be able to take him to the next level. And that's a shame for Lee Haskins. You know, he had that amazing career you know probably done more than most people ever imagined including Lee Askins but he he was stuck with that IBF belt he never was able to build on it yeah Burnett wins it gets a unification fight straight after just goes to show what good matchmaking and good good managing can do and then on to Crawler Burns that's another and great then Crawler Burns, matchmaking exactly yeah listen 
This is not the fight Manchester wanted. Of course it isn't. And in terms of fight fans, I love it. I think it's a brilliant fight. And full respect to Ricky Burns, full respect for Anthony Crawler. It's great. I think Ricky Burns is better down at lightweight anyway. I think Crawler's the man in Manchester who's going to sell that place out. I think they're going to get a real big crowd in there. It's going to be awesome. This has Hopefully be some kind of eliminator. Two former world champions. Mate, I reckon this has got... um rematch written all over it because you've, if he's coming to Manchester yeah. the second's going to Glasgow if this is a cracker if this mm-hmm. is an absolute cracker regardless of who wins they go again and they go to Glasgow yeah and you know what well, mate this you, is business be mental to bet against it being a cracker as well this is business this is about a dollar they, you know what I mean both have become both have been world champions I mean mm-hmm. in Ricky's case multi-weight world champion three weight yeah superb superb yeah. careers this is about now Retirement money. Let's yeah. get some proper money in the bank. They are going to get weighed in big time for that. And then if there's a part two, because the first one will be amazing. I don't know what the TV deal is on this. I don't know whether it is a pay-per-view thing at this moment in time. No, it won't be. I it hope that it isn't. Not. Surely not. I hope that it isn't. But if the first one's unbelievable, yeah. expect the second one to be on pay-per-view. Well, <clears throat> this is where I am with it. You know, uh, Ricky's 33, I believe. Uh, Crawler's 30 now. Um both, as you say, former world champions. Both, you could argue, have had their moments. Yes, They've they had have. their big yeah. moments. However, the winner of this fight could potentially get himself a world title fight next. Both coming off losses, obviously, in Dongo, uh, defeating Burns, who now fights Terence Crawford. Um, and, uh, and and Crawler, obviously, the back-to-back defeats against arguably one of the best boxers on the planet anyway. So certainly no shame in that. But I think what, what we're going to get here is, uh, again... At the back of my mind, I keep thinking, fucking hell, boxing politics, man. Why couldn't he have just made Crawler Flanagan? Like, Manchester deserves Crawler Flanagan. Mm. Fla- I'll be honest, Flanagan kind of deserves Crawler Flanagan. He mm. deserves to try and become a superstar. Because at the moment, he's still the, he's the junior witter of this era. Yeah. He's the world champion that no one gives a fuck about. And no one buys tickets for outside of their street. No one cares about Terry Flanagan. And this was the opportunity for him. And unfortunately, they just couldn't get it to work for whatever reason. But again, Ricky Baines, Crawler, already I'm just like, I cannot wait for that fight in October. The arena will, will definitely be, be there. The arena it will be will carnage. Be bouncing. It will be carnage in there, be won't bouncing. it? Because both of them are great guys as well. Both of them are absolute diamonds. Mm. So the build-up ain't going to be anything to write home about. It's going to be very respectful. But it doesn't matter because these two have been to the well a couple of times before. We know what they're made of. We know they've both got the ingredients, the minerals to have a war. And if it, if it turn, if they both turn up, it could be absolute fireworks. There you go. There you go. That's your boxing for this week. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. We are building up quite nicely now uh, towards the start of the brand spanking new season. Uh, this weekend, there's nothing really to write home about. However, the weekend after, your boy Terence Crawford is back in action on, mm-hmm. uh, in, if you listen to this in the States, free to wear TV on ESPN. And then what's happening the week after? Anybody? Anybody know what's happening on 26th yeah, of August? Have a week off, I think. We'll have a week off and then uh, we'll get stuck back in, <laughs> into the brand spanking new boxing season, which gets underway, of course. Let's um, get, I, do you know what? I'm kind of like, I know we're getting super excited about Mayweather McGregor. We've got a whole podcast series on it, August 26th. It's going to be mental. Whether you love it or you hate it, you're going to fucking watch it. That's for sure. I feel like I, I, we need to get past that. So we can start getting excited about Triple G yeah, yeah. and Canelo. Yeah. I feel like we can't even start talking about that fight until this gets until this elephant in the room is out. Yeah. And it's right, okay. Triple G Canelo is happening in two weeks. Let's not, get fucking excited about absolutely. it. Absolutely. And, and and as well as that, here we I mean, we do this show in Liverpool. People know that now. 
Um, but we've got the World Boxing Super Series kicking off in this mm-hmm. city. We've got that. That's a whole brand new show. And from what we're hearing, it's going to be a whole the new Champions way. League of boxing. The whole new told. way of consuming boxing. All these things happening in September that we're thinking, ooh, that's all right, that's all right, that's all right. But then, you're, like you say, you've got this elephant in the room that's just dangling over everybody's head going, this is what everybody's talking about at this moment in time. And we are going to talk about it. Like you say, we've got our own podcast series going on at the moment. We've got four up there at the moment. We've got two still to go. It's all available on our website, fightdisciples.com. You can check in with us on a day-to-day basis at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram if you want to know more about it. There is a little video um, on our uh, website and our social media um, regarding Mayweather McGregor um, because uh, myself and Nick have decided to come away from behind-the-scenes microphones and go in front of your face microphones. That's right. Uh, We've teamed up with a venue in Liverpool called Brickworks uh, for Saturday the 26th of August into the early hours of Sunday the 27th of August for Fight Disciples Live. Uh, what we are going to be doing on the night is still being uh, worked on behind the scenes, but we're expecting an all singing, all dancing, Las Vegas themed, showgirls everywhere uh, type of live show. So if you haven't decided how you're going to consume Mayweather McGregor, and don't tell me you're not, don't tell me you're not going to consume it, you will. Um, if you haven't decided how you're going to consume it, if you whether you're going to be sitting at home by yourself, if you were going to go out and you haven't thought about where you're going to go, um, then we are going to give you more information in the upcoming days of how you can become a part of Fight Disciples Live and come to a venue and maybe have a bit of a crack with us. We're going to just have a bit of a laugh with it, really. Put on a live show, and the fight will be on, obviously, in the venue that we are going to be doing our live show at, and maybe we can all consume it together. That sounds all right, doesn't it? Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.